It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. Here we go again. It's our last chance. We're killing the planet. And if we don't do something drastic, we're all going to drown in the rising sea levels. We're all going to burn in the searing heat of the atmosphere. And we won't even be able to enjoy the newly created wines and champagnes from Cornwall. Forgive me for being facetious, but today's dire warning is the latest dire warning from the UN's Intergovernmental Plant Panel on Climate Change. These are the people who brought you the hockey stick graph and the threat of melting glaciers in the Himalayas. This morning, I want to get at the truth, not the propaganda. And we'll be talking to George Monbiot uh, to help us do that. 0344-499-1000. Daisy McAndrew is here. We'll be addressing the curse of Strictly Come Dancing, the new Doctor Who, and why on earth NHS consultants are allowed to cash in on helping couples select illegal designer IVF babies. 0344-499-1000. Plus, we're talking dogs too, the foul kind uh, and the wooferendum kind as well. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Daisy McAndrew on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Talk Radio. Daisy McAndrew is here. Very good morning good to you, morning. Daisy. Welcome to the Independent Republic once again on a Monday morning. Already we're almost halfway through October. I don't know where the time is going. I know, it's nearly Halloween. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I've got, I'm wearing pumpkin colours You are today. wearing pumpkin colours. Very <laughs> fetching they are too. We both took our kids to see the old uh, Johnny English movie at the weekend. Yeah, uh, you I liked it, was it terrific. a bit more than I did. I, I mean, did. I loved the other Johnny, and I found mm. this one a bit less funny than the others. Did a, you? A bit too a bit Mr. more a, slapstick. A bit too Mr Bean and not enough sort of spy spoof no indeed but I did you know, it was still fun still good fun. also I managed to get away with not seeing Venom which is the new um, sort of Marvel comics movie so it's which a win-win. apparently is not very good and goes on forever <laughs> You know, that, like two and a half hours. And, and I can't stand that. Now, Johnny English is a very civilised 90 minutes long, yes. which was good. Now, let's get straight to the heart of the matter, because we've yes. got George Monbiot waiting uh, to come on to talk to us about uh, something he's been tweeting about quite vociferously this morning. And that is his view that uh, the climate change problem now is so severe that it has to be dealt with, not just by people giving up stuff like plastic bags and mm. diesel, but there has to be some kind of political m- m- machine and political movement begun and anew to make us all kind of, you know, buckle under and do the right thing. Because this latest warning is coming from the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. They say urgent and unprecedented changes are needed to reach a new target, uh, which should be a maximum of 1.5 degrees centigrade uh, in terms of the the amount the the planet should be allowed to heat up by to lessen the risks of drought, floods, extreme heat and poverty for hundreds of millions of people. George, a very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. 
Morning, Mike. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. You're quite specific in your tweeting this morning about why you believe that uh, that what has been done up to now is not good enough. Forgive me for being slightly uh, suspicious of this intergovernmental panel, but my problem with them is that they don't do their own research. They just kind of collate other people's research, which in the past has led to them being criticised for all sorts of reasons. Now, I know that they've got a reason for raising this problem and make, making us discuss it, and I'm very happy to discuss it, but can we get to the truth rather than the propaganda? Well, well, I've said collating other people's research is exactly what they're there to do. But the people who are collating it are themselves scientists and researchers who have done a lot of the research themselves. So they're collating their own research then? Well, uh, uh, and that of thousands of other researchers across thousands of papers. This is trying to get the best overview they possibly can of the state of the science. And that means a huge amount of reading, a huge amount of reviewing, a huge amount of collating to come up with a summary of what's going on. Sure. But, of course, the difficulty with all of that, and it's been pointed out many times, I'm sure, uh, to you in the past, is that because they've got so much stuff to look at and it moves so quickly, the, the, the thinking and the science on climate change, that they can't always be as up-to-date, perhaps, as they ought to be. Well, that's certainly true, and that's true of all science, of course. You know, it's a constant scramble to catch up and to, to know what, what, what the latest data is saying, and there's no difference here. But unfortunately, in this case, events are overtaking us. So, you know, even as we say, right, our understanding of things is this, boom, we've got a whole load of forest fires, wildfires, of heat waves, of Arctic ice melting, which means, oh, my gosh, we've got to revise our understanding We've got to study what's happening now. And what we keep finding is that events are going beyond what the scientists have been predicting. It's been happening faster. It's been going further. You know, years ago, people like myself were, were called scaremongers. We were told, oh, it's all this stuff about the Arctic ice melting, about wildfires, about heat waves. You're just trying to scare us. And we were talking about this stuff happening by 2050. We're well, I mean, one now. of the things that, that, that the, the panel has said might happen is that Himalayan ice caps or Himalayan glaciers will melt by 2035, which, which I think they've now sort of pulled back on slightly. I mean, the difficulty is well, here, well, George. Well, I've said, Mike, they, they acknowledge that that was a fundamental mistake caused by a transcription error. They actually, um, um, a, a figure uh, got mangled while being moved from one place to another, and they ended up with, yes, it was a nonsensical claim, yeah. but... But the problem with things like... But they the immediately prob- owned that and recognised that and said, um, obviously, we got this wrong. No, of course, but the problem with that, George, is that people then have a slightly less trusting kind of uh, take on, on what it is that they come out with in the future. And also, when, when you say things like, you know, we need to sort of um, accelerate the pace at which we change our own lifestyles, I mean, I would imagine I'm not the only one who lives in Britain who thinks that we've already quite accelerated the change in our lifestyles in as much as even 10 years ago, you know, we didn't have the kind of uh, environmental laws in place that we have now. We had far more emissions going on. We had no bike lanes anywhere. We had loads of plastic bags being given to us free in supermarkets. You know, we have changed quite a lot of things over the course of time. It doesn't feel to me like we're not doing enough. Well, the question is, are we doing enough to actually prevent this existential crisis that we're now faced with? And we, you know, the science is very clear. The maximum we can afford to heat the planet is one and a half degrees centigrade. We've already gone beyond one degree. Um, this requires massive and urgent action, which goes way beyond the pathetic measures we've taken so far. Well, you see, you say I mean, that you call them pathetic. Of what's, 
But you call them pathetic. I mean, London is now at a pretty much a standstill because of the uh, the bike lanes that have been put into this city. No, right? London's at a standstill because too many people are driving cars into it. Well, people drive cars into London for a reason. The, you know, the train systems are no use. The, the, you know, the trains are on strike. You can't <laughs> get on the train. needs to be addressed. You know, we need much better public Yeah, well, we need also fewer cycle need... lanes. No, no, no. Obviously, every, everyone on a bicycle is reducing the space being taken up on the roads, you know, if if you can travel feel like that. on a vehicle, oh, upset, right? If you can travel on a vehicle, you can lift with one hand rather than inside a ton of metal and get there faster. Because generally, bicycles are much faster crossing cities than cars are. You are actually reducing the amount of space required for someone to move through the city. But George, I think I, I think reason. you and Mike would probably both agree that no matter how many bikes were introduced, no matter how many cars were taken off London streets, that would not make any difference at all to the size of the crisis that you are talking about. So, what are the answers? Right, it, it would make a, a small difference, but the bigger difference is number one: we must leave fossil fuels in the ground. That is the most fundamental thing. Stop digging them up. Stop burning them, and that requires a total energy transition, moving out of the old-fashioned dinosaur um, forms of energy, the fossil fuels, into the new forms of energy, renewables, and all the rest. Um, But it also means saying there are planetary limits, and we've got to live within those limits. They've been quite well described by scientists now. They call them the planetary boundaries. And rather than pursuing endless growth, we should pursue well-being. That should be our aim. But again, isn't there a massive divide here between the developing world and their use of fossil fuels and the developed world and our use of fossil fuels? Yeah, we use far more. We use far more. um, Yeah, but ours is going down and theirs is going up. Yeah, but but nothing is going to change if the, the rich nations, which have already enjoyed this great fossil fuel bounty, don't demonstrate that they're going to make the massive transition which is required. And other countries, if they don't do that, other countries are going to say... Well, why the hell should we do anything if you guys, having profited so much from polluting the planet and burning the fossil fuel reserves, aren't even going to make the drastic changes yourselves? But one of the problems, for example, of the developing nations becoming more developed is a great, there's a great example in India where many more people are now uh, in a position to buy air conditioning machines because it's very, very hot in India. And where they couldn't buy them before they didn't have enough money, now they can. And they're creating massive pollution as a result of that. But would you call that more modernising of, com- of, of the economy and, and a kind of a, a dragging up from you know, poverty into being middle class? Or would you call that dangerous? Well, I, I call it both. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can't do that, you see. There's no sitting on the fence on this show, George. <laughs> no, 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 it's not sitting on the fence. I mean, you know, the radical position is saying, look, we have to pursue well-being. We have to make sure that people's needs are met without cooking the planet, without destroying the conditions which allow human beings to sustain their lives, without ensuring that our children have got nothing to look forward to, without trashing the planet for all the other species that share it with us. We, we have to find ways of making sure that you know we do have well-being that we have enough to to feed ourselves that we have good houses that we have our basic needs met without succumbing to greed the greed that actually pushes us over the brink and makes it impossible to have even our basic needs met 
But that's where we where, where we have the quandary, isn't it, in a way? Because in some parts of the world, you know, they are absolutely going full speed ahead, uh, like in China, building power stations, coal-fired uh, or otherwise. They're still looking for oil and gas. They're still exploring parts of the world where they can, uh, you know, basically sort of exploit their mineral wealth and all of that. And whereas we are being told constantly all the time that even though we are making quite a lot of sacrifices in this country, we're paying a green tax to all of the energy companies, we're f- finding it much more difficult to drive diesel cars, we're finding it much more difficult uh, to be able to build the kinds of power stations that they're doing in China. We can't build any more airports. You know, we're suffering here uh, and everybody else is having a great time. Well, I don't think we're suffering much from not having coal pollution, number one. But number two, this they-we thing... Well, now being told we can't misleading. burn wood either. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. This they-we thing is completely misleading because where are we getting our manufactured products from? From China. And, and if you look at the... Um, the emissions which we sort of dump overseas and say, oh, that's China's um, fault, that's China causing those. But the ones that we're commissioning through the things that we buy, it's over 50% of all the greenhouse gases that we cause is caused by the stuff we buy from other countries. And so you can't just divide it up and say, oh, it's the Chinese doing this. We are intimately involved with what the Chinese are doing. Yeah, but the Chinese economy is being built on that, on those sales. I mean, are you saying that the Chinese should not become uh, a modern economy? Uh, Absolutely, they become a modern economy, but a modern economy is not a coal-fired economy. That's an 18th century technology. Well, Well, tell them that then. Well, uh, uh, number one, we do. And number two, they actually tend to be a lot more receptive to that than most people in this country are. It's quite amazing the transition that's taking place in China. Sure, there's still a lot of bad stuff going on, but they are moving towards like, an electrified oh, wait, whoa, 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 an <laughs> electrified mass transit system, for example, so much faster than we are. In some ways... That's because they can build things much faster than we can, George, as you well know, because they use slave labour, they mistreat their workers, and they are completely and utterly oblivious to shooting people in the head if they don't like what they think. Uh, Do you think I'm endorsing any of that? Well, I don't know, but I mean, there's a reason why they can build (laughs) things a lot quicker than us. Yeah, no, no, well, listen, no, we we are perfectly capable of doing that. When the US entered the Second World War, right, um, it turned the whole economy around on a dime. You had um, the big auto manufacturers switching from civilian car manufacturing to turning out planes, amphibious landing craft, tanks, all the rest of it, in a month. We can, and that was before um, digital um, technologies and just-in-time production. If we wanted to, within a democracy, within the constraints of our current economy, we could turn the whole thing around immediately what's lacking is not dictatorship or shooting people in the head or all the things which you seem to think are lacking what i didn't say they were lacking george don't be naughty now because i'll have to pull you up on that But, George, you, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously China is one extreme and then you've got the, the States as another one, where which is similar to us in that people just don't want to talk about it. They find it very boring. And I think it was an article you read where you said that the American networks, the TV networks, uh, talked about climate change for a total of four hours uh, across you know the whole year. And I think... I think we as sort of journalists or, you know, radio people, we know that actually most people find it quite a turn off talking about this subject because you're either a denier or you're, you know, you're you're on your side of the fence. But there's a huge number of people in the middle who just do a general shrug about it. How do you get over that? 
Yeah, well, the media has been completely useless. I mean, it's not just that um, they've scarcely been covering it at all, but when they do, they do so so badly that indeed it does turn people off. There are all sorts of really powerful stories to be told, not just about what's happening, but also about the initiatives which people are doing to try to get out of this mess. Uh, you know, really exciting new ways of generating energy, new technologies, um, uh, the incredibly powerful campaigns of the kind we're seeing, for example, in the Handbacher Forest in, in Germany, where these amazingly brave young people, one of whom has already died, sitting in the trees, um, trying to defend this forest against attempts to dig the whole thing up for an open-cast lignite mine, lignite being the dirtiest form of coal of all. Now, if that's not a good story and a big story, I don't know what is. But where's the media? Do we hear about this on the British media? We don't. Well, I, well George, because, 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 no, because, because no, the media's not part of the problem at all. The problem is people get fatigued at listening to warnings all the time, which turn out not to be true. And in the end, whether, whether it's because we're not... This, hang on, well... They're, they're not... Uh, if, if, if the warnings have been wrong, it's because they've actually haven't been severe enough. We, well, no, you know, my point, George, is this. Which we were expecting no, but, to face in 2050. No, but my point is, is that the, 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 the climate change lobby has kind of kiboshed itself by continually making predictions, which may or may not have come true. But the point is, it's not. A, I'm not talking about the incidents. We've been making uh, predictions which have already come true. Well, you're, you're saying... kiboshing ourselves by making true predictions. Well, I mean, if you'd let me finish, you might be able to understand my point. My point is that actually people can't see very far into the future. People don't know what's going to happen in 2050, right? They can't even envisage what that will look like. They can't even imagine what five years down the road is going to look like. They don't even know what kind of car they're going to drive. And most people, generally speaking, are not fanatics, OK? They need to be persuaded gently. And unfortunately, the people who are trying to persuade them are not persuading them gently enough. So you've got it all wrong. And you don't have to uh, be a genius to work that out. Right. Now, listen, Mike. We in the environment movement have have absolutely racked our brains about this. What is the best way of talking about this? Do we go in harder? Do we go in softer? Uh, do, uh, should we be more pro-business? Should we be more anti-business? Should we emphasise this, emphasise that? And you know what we discovered? There is no right way of talking about it because a lot of people simply don't want to hear. You know, people are resistant to change. We, we succumb to this thing called system justification, which where we just basically justify whatever the system happens to be. And, of course, you know, um, uh, people say, oh, they want to take something away from us. Well, you know, obviously, there are certain bad things we can't do anymore. People don't like being told how to live their lives, George, because we live in a modern democracy where you're not supposed to have to do that. Well, listen, we in the environment movement are in no position to tell people anything. We're in a position to argue and to advocate, which is what I'm doing right now. But I'm, I'm, I'm not a political leader. I can't boss people around. I can just say this is the way we ought to live. And the yeah, media but what gives you the right to say be... that, George? Why, what gives you so, the right so what, to tell anybody else how the right... they ought to live? So, sorry, sorry. What gives... What, what says anyone shouldn't have that right? Are you saying that we should ask free... I don't have an overarching okay. need to tell other people what to do, OK? I believe no, that people... Are you saying I don't have the right? Are you saying I don't have the right to say what changes should be made? No, I, I don't think you have the right because to tell people... No, hang on. That, you are fundamentally anti-democratic. No, I'm telling you that you don't have the right to tell other people how to live. No, that's not a right. If you want to do it, okay. you'll have to take the consequences of not bloody listening to you. Yeah, but listen, listen I, I, as I said, all I'm doing is saying this is what we need to do. Yeah, but why should I we believe you, though? Anyone, 
Well, that's your choice. You don't. You, you, I mean, there I'm used to be a guy that walked up and down Oxford me. Street wearing a wearing a billboard that said "The end is nigh." I didn't listen to him either. But well, but, but, but Mike, why is okay, it any different? If, if you believe that anyone, if you believe that anyone who's saying, "Look, this is the way we're heading." is comparable to some bloke with a sandwich board outside Oxford Street. Well, it's the same well, effect. Then, then then, that reflects on you, mate, not well, on doesn't. me. Well, it doesn't reflect on me, mate. Uh, in it fact, does. It, 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 suggests, it suggests, Mike, that you just dismiss anyone who says we need a better way of living. No, I'm not saying that. I just don't like being told what to do, George, and I'd like to know well, what people... I'm not people's... telling you what to do. We've been through that. Well, you're telling me how, what I ought to do, which is the same thing. Yes, exactly. I am, I am telling... I'm, I'm but I don't believe you have, I don't do, believe you have that superior right to tell me because your way of living is better than mine. Including my... Look, I tell myself what to do. You know, we're, we're trying to change the world here, and if we can't advocate... No, you are. ...democracy... Listen, listen, Mike. If we can't advocate in a democracy for a better way of living, then democracy means nothing. And if you are saying that people like me should not speak out, that's then not what you I are said. profoundly anti-democratic. That's not what I said. I never said that. You do not understand the basis of free speech. I never said that. I've just had you on my radio show for 20 minutes. I think that's hardly shutting you. you down, George, is it? You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you haven't. It. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying that you yeah, don't have the having, right to do it. Having heard me, that, you see, this is where your contradiction arises. It's not a contradiction. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, ultimately oh, 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 a very oh, democratic let person. Let me finish. Let Go me on. finish. You've given me 20 minutes to talk about it, and then you said you've got no right to talk about it. I didn't say you have no right to talk about it. I said, yes, what? You did. That's, you, exactly that's what you not said. what I said. Well, then, how can you, you be. No right to, to, well, how, to, how can you make that argument? You've just been telling us. How can you make you the argument? No right, you've got no right to tell us the things that I've just spent 20 minutes telling you. I didn't say that. You, I mean, you I thought you were a bright guy, you George. You surely can understand exactly the difference. You, you surely can understand exactly the difference. No, said. I said, you don't have the right to tell people how they ought to live. That's not the same yeah, as me saying you can't say it. Yeah, and you've just given me 20 minutes to tell people how they ought to live. No, no, no. Anyway, I'm taking your, your contradiction. I'm like, taking like, your you view, go, George. You can, go off, you can go off and sort out your own contradictions, but if you want to carry on talking about climate change, we can do that. OK, well, I think I'll let you go, George. Thanks very much indeed. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss
This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham, 03444991000. Coming up on the rest of this show, we'll be talking about a great many things, including dogs, uh, the fouling kind, the ones that foul uh, on public football pitches around the country, uh, and whether that should be allowed or whether it should be clamped down on in a massive way. Also, of course, we'll be finding out exactly why on earth NHS consultants are allowed to cash in uh, on helping couples select a designer IVF babies, i.e. if you want a girl or you want a boy, you can go to these places and they'll sell you uh, how to do it, even though it's illegal in this country and certainly unethical. 03444991000. We have been just talking to George Monbiot, though, uh, about the whole uh, climate change report, which has come out today uh, from the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. He admitted that even they admitted they got things badly wrong in the past. Why should we believe them now? Uh, Let's go with uh, Brian, who's in Sunderland. Hello, Brian. Good morning, Mike. Morning. What would you like to say? I'm getting a bit fed up with these eco-warriors telling every single person to make changes with their lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. They need to get on a bigger platform. And the whole if we're going to make changes, the whole world, every nation on this planet would have to make massive changes. Right. Your big companies, the big companies in China burning gas power stations and coal-driven stations and, you know, the, the big place like Russia and all the other large nations on the planet. One single, just because you leave your car home to get yourself on a bike, it's not going to make a heap of difference to the environment, is it? Really? Well, that's what I think. And I mean, it's all very well yeah. for people like George to tell everybody how they they ought to be living, in his words. But I don't think he's got the right to do that, do you? Absolutely. It's a government thing. The whole world needs a change and nobody's bothering. So, I mean, what are you, I mean, are you making any personal sacrifices, Brian? Well, I eat less meat for a start. Do you? But I like me fish. Okay. I eat a lot of, I compensate that by eating more fish. Okay. Uh, and I like wooden furniture, so I'm not going to stop buying like holistic furniture. If I want to buy a coffee table or a, a unit for the house, I know I normally buy a wooden one. Okay. I know it's chopping down trees and stuff, but uh, I'm not that bothered. I mean, right now, until the government around the world change, I might well, change. Well, I mean, they're then, chopping but... down millions and millions of trees all over Canada, all over Brazil. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you uh, go and make yourself a little wooden chair, I don't think that's really going to change much, you know? No, no, I don't think. I think the sustainability of wood is actually a lot better than make, making yeah. plastics and the pollution that that causes. Yeah. But, Brian, on the bigger picture, do you do you agree that global warming is a fact and that climate change is a fact and that p- politicians you know, from every nation should be working together? Uh, yeah, I think it is happening because, obviously, like, I remember last, well, this year in March and April, we had huge amounts of snow, which was very unusual. And... Um, Obviously, with the weather and the summertime, I know it was lovely. We had a very hot summer this year as well. So something's going wrong with the environment. But obviously, um, it's governments around the world who need to make changes. And I mean, and and, and every, obviously, then everybody else will. It's like when we had the. Do you remember old cans of hop when you used to have the old ring pulls on the top? You used to find yeah. loads and loads of ring pulls outside. That's right. It was over a period of time that made that was a change. Yeah. We don't see them now, but things like that, Mike. You know, like. Um, Subtle changes that need to come in. Sure. Um, and we have, I mean, we've changed our lifestyles massively. But I, think, you know. I think that the plastics debate and the packaging, though, Brian mentioned, ring pulls there, and the whole debate yeah. around packaging yeah. and plastics. And when you go to the supermarket and you empty, you, know, you take your shopping out and suddenly realise you've got, you've filled up your recycling bill and yeah. you've been with But that's, that's changing, that's, though. The, but that's yes, changing. Exactly. But actually, it is because of environmentalists like George Monbiot getting yeah. together with David Attenborough and doing these programmes that they do yeah, check except, over yeah, time except, you can change except opinions. Except now they're saying that's not enough. 
Now George Monbiot's saying mm. we need some kind of massive political movement to actually stop people from using fossil fuels altogether, right? That means none. That doesn't yeah. mean some. That doesn't mean it's OK if you drive your car at the weekends. That means no cars. No, That's no. what they're trying to tell us. Well, it means electric cars. Well, and, maybe. And, and this country, but what about the lithium already, batteries for we've, those? We've already got a policy that you know will be fully electrified by 2050, and that 20, 2030, I think, will be 50. percent So we are moving towards that. But you're right, lithium batteries is a mass, and there's research going yeah. into finding alternative yes. sources of batteries. And you know, the Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, the battery that's that's where they get the stuff for the batteries, which which is using slave labour, pretty yeah, much, and exactly. child labour. Well, so there are so many issues. Labor. Listen, Brian, great call to start us off. Thanks very much indeed. Rob says this. George couldn't be more wrong about the amount of road space cyclists use. Can you fit 80 cyclists in the same amount of road space as a double-decker bus? Maybe, but does it happen in real life in a moving town environment? No, because it wouldn't be safe. And that's true. I mean, if you have 80 bicycles on a, on a road, they take up a lot more room than 80 people on a bus. There's no doubt about that. Let's talk to Paddy, who's in Suffolk. Hello, Paddy. Yeah, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Is it dawn today? It's Daisy today. It's the other day. Daisy. <laughs> yeah, you, you picked okay. the wrong, you backed the wrong horse there, Paddy. <laughs> Who right. are you calling a horse? Sorry. <laughs> I take that back, obviously. Metaphorical well, use only. I've been listening to John Monbier there, and I'm going to take, I'm going to change. Okay. I'm, I'm going on the carnivore diet. What is that? It's where you eat meat and meat. Okay. That's your diet. So that's all. What uh, about vegetarians? Pretty much the Atkins diet, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the other thing I'm going to do is uh, I don't leaving. I don't like leaving my Bentley in the garage <laughs> full of fuel. No. So every night I'm going to flare off as much of it as possible. Okay. I think you're being a bit facetious here now, Paddy. Well, well, because um, he, he he's not he's not genuine. We started off with. Um, Climate change, didn't we? Yeah. No, we didn't start. We we started off with man-made climate change. Yes. And now it's climate change. Well, that's always happened. Always happened. I mean, the 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 English Channel wasn't there fifteen thousand years ago. It's because of climate change that it's there. Well, the there's quite a few islands that weren't there before, which are now there, and islands which were there before, which are now not there. Yeah, and. I used to go to the Maldives every year, like you do. Yes, of course. And um, you know, 15 years ago, they said they, they wouldn't be there in 10 years. Right. There's no difference. They're still there, though. Go there. They're exactly the same. No difference whatsoever. And... But Paddy, that is, you know, I mean, if you look at the overall science from, you know, hunt from over the last 100 years... And it's only the last hundred years that we've got the proper figures to compare to. Obviously, we can't go further back there because the stats just simply that's the problem. Simply that yeah, is part of the problem. That's not isn't anybody's it? fault. That's just no. That, that's just no, fact. no. But it's a bit like the referendum debate and the Brexit debate and the EU nonsense that we go on about all the time. You know, the people who've moan and groan about what's going to happen. They don't know it's going to happen. And the problem for me with the whole climate change debate, Paddy, and I'm including you in this, is that we can't go far enough back to know whether this is just part of the normal kind of cycle of the Earth or whether it is something massively to worry but about. But 90% of scientists agree. I don't care what they say. But what, I really but what's don't. the point of having science then? Well, what's the point of education? Have, because they're, they're well, making predictions. They might as well be backing horses, you know? A horse is a good runner because it's won a few races in the so past. You're seriously it saying doesn't mean it's take, going to you run. You take the world's scientists and you don't mm. care what they think. That's I not. Mean, that's, that's, no, that's so arrogant. I well, well, I am arrogant. Have you worked with me long enough to know that, haven't you? <laughs> I don't, you know, I've heard too many experts in my life get things wrong to absolutely believe everything they say, okay? I don't believe everything they say, but if, no, if more than 90% of them agree on one thing, I not 
a scientist, I will believe them. Yeah, if, but, if, if they, well, I won't yeah, but, believe yeah, one what, what scientist they, over yeah, another. What is it that they agree on? They, they, agree they agree that climate that the, change... That the world is getting hotter. That the world is getting hotter, that yeah. if it continues at the pace at which it is getting hotter, insects will be you know, a thing of the past. Well, that will have a massive, that will yeah, have a massive they, impact on the eco-structure um, of the planet. That the coral reefs are nearly gone already. That's that not we, true. Coral reefs have started growing back again. Not to anyone. They're still saying that coral reefs will be gone if we have 2% increase in they're temperature saying that. and they're if, saying if we keep if. it to 1.5 percent we'll have we'll Let's maintain 10 percent of the coral reefs that's all are you buying any of this stuff patty uh, well, I, I, that's complete rubbish what you've been saying complete and utter rubbish there according to who well you're not insulting him are you <laughs> she gives it to me when i give her a hard time 90 percent of scientists do not agree they no, do they, no, they absolutely do, do. fine no, and, and the, other, the other thing is so say this is true and England ends up like the south of France. Brilliant. But what about if the Sahara ends up like some massive, uh, you know, sort of oxygen, hyperbaric oxygen chamber that's about 200 degrees Fahrenheit? Uh, no, it won't. Because uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, we didn't have any uh, glaciers or any ice on the sea. And that never happened. Well, we did in the Ice Age, didn't we? We did, and we're still coming out of the Ice Age. Yeah. So the reason the, the land on the east of England, uh, sorry, the sea level appears to be rising uh, on the east of England isn't because the sea's rising, it's because the land's sinking. And the reason the land is sinking is because all other parts of Europe, the land is rising because there used to be a lot of ice on top of Finland and Scandinavia. That's all gone. And it takes a while for this land plate to um, get equilibrium again. Yes. So I once so, made an argument, right, which nobody could refute, that if you look at all of the, the, the things in the sea, for example, um, if you have more and more boats in the sea, right, if you have more and more fish in the sea, if you have more and more submarines in the sea, the, 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 the sea water will rise, right? Because if you put yeah. loads more things you in a bath... put a baby in the bath and if the bath water goes up. If you put a baby in the bath, up, more bath water goes up, yeah. right? So there must be a correlation, <laughs> should, should you uh, choose to believe this or not, Paddy, between what's in the sea and the height of the sea level. Well, hold on. I'll tell you this. This is absolute fact. If every piece of ice in the Antarctic... Sorry, the Ant... Sorry, I'll start again. If every piece of ice in the Arctic melted, yes. the sea would not go up one inch. How do you work that out? Well, you can work it out yourself. Well, I, that's what I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to tell you how you can do it. Go, go, go to the fridge, yeah. get a, a couple of um, uh, ice cubes, yes. put, it in a, put them in a glass of water, yes. and they'll melt, and the, the level in the glass won't rise one millimetre. No, but if you put ice in a... in a, If you've got a, a, a glass of water that's full and you put two ice cubes in it, the water will overflow. Well, we, well we could put ice in there. But if the, when the, the, the process of the ice melting won't affect the water level... No, but it's already displaced the water with the ice. Exactly. So when the, the, you don't get more water out of one cube of ice. You get the same amount of water. Yeah, so uh, the, the entire Arctic Ocean... Can melt, and the sea level will go up one millimetre. However, the Antarctic is different because yeah. there's a lot of ice on the land there. If that melts, goes into the sea, that would raise... The ice in the Antarctic is meant to be getting thicker as well, isn't it? 
true. Um, and, and as I said earlier, um, so the country gets a bit warmer. Aren't we always complaining in winter how cold and rainy it is? Well, the argument is not about just Britain, though, of course. The argument is if the rest of the world gets hotter, then we'll have all these uh, people who want to move from where they live because it's too hot uh, to Britain, where it's not quite so hot. But we'll see. Paddy, thanks very much indeed, uh, as ever, for your call. I was right to say ASMR. Uh, we're going to talk to Tom Whipple from the Times in a moment to find out precisely whether uh, we should be pronouncing it as Muir, uh, uh, as in Begovich, I suppose, would be one way of doing it. Uh, but it's apparently it's a tingling mixed with euphoria that you experience when you listen uh, to this kind of very relaxing speech. Now, uh, we've got some of it here. I think it's uh, Margot Robbie uh, talking about um, something or other that she's made. Vegemite, I think. Let's have a listen. I'm from Australia. toast was really overcooked for it to make that scratchy noise she had to have burnt mm. that toast would you like to try whispering <laughs> no thank you very much you can do it just as well <laughs> let's talk to tom whipple uh tom a very good afternoon to you good afternoon this is staggeringly um interesting for me because <laughs> i'd never heard of it before and so once again you've informed me of something i had no idea about millions of people are listening to this stuff yeah, so I've been into some weird corners of the internet. Um, I think about 80% of your re- your listenership probably listened to that and thought, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And 20% of your listenership may have experienced this thing called ASMR, um, which is a weird sort of pleasurable brain-tingling sensation mm. that, they, that they, they seem to get now. People like listening to Margot Robbie speaking huskily is probably not that surprising. Yeah. But hers is not the most viewed video of ASMR-inducing videos. That's someone trying on a suit fitting. Um, or there's people who like to watch people folding towels or very carefully drawing. It's a very, very strange thing that a lot of people claim to have that none of them realise like, like sort of, I guess, lots of perversions, although they don't, they don't like to be called perverts. Um, they, they sort of discovered it with the internet. They realised they weren't alone. Um, and it comes when you listen to people whispering or watch people doing things very carefully or have close personal attention. Some people claim to get it when they're checking into a hotel. Um, and, I mean, what is it? It's, it's very difficult to describe. Um, I've spoken to people who claim to, to get it. Um, in fact, a lot of the scientists studying it started studying it because they thought, well, I, I experience a strange thing watching people fold towels. Um, they claim it's a bit like the shivers you get from a lovely piece of music or listening to a really inspiring speech. Mm. Um, but they just get it by watching people perform mundane tasks while whispering. So, Tom, it is a physical feeling that they get. 
I mean, look, they play, you know, I, I'm not one of these people, so I, I view them as a bit creepy and weird. So I, I only have... The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.